filibuster received sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Bacon gods do not want this information to be out there, so you have to listen to me. Don't laugh. Don't even blink. This is important information that the bacon gods do not want out there. If you see a package of bacon in your grocery store called Irregular Slices Value Bacon with an asterisk, you must immediately throw that bacon in the trash. I don't care if it's at a grocery store. Take it. Throw it in the trash. It is Jamestown brand. Jamestown brand. I mean, Jamestown ate people. People ate people at Jamestown. It is people. Mind blown. Sheeple. Don't eat it. The internet tried to prevent me from giving this information to you, so do not sleep on this information. That last part I actually can confirm. The internet tried to eat Ben's bacon story do about not, not eating people bacon. Irregular slices value bacon. From Jamestown brand. Or I mean, or really so, any other brand. So since we're on uh bacon horror stories, um Next on I, AMC. I have a similar experience, though I was not given any heads up. Um, this was there was no signage on this bacon or in the store telling me that there would be something up with my bacon. Um, oh, it was not irregular. Irregular slices value bacon. Asterix with list flaps to view representative slice. Wait, before it, before Jason goes on, was the asterisk defined at any point? No. Oh, <laughs> oh. Like I want to know what the asterisk was about. Probably people. It was probably people. That's it was probably people because yeah. there was cannibalism at Jamestown in the 1600s. Nope. We know. If you didn't know. I mean, you guys know that, but our listeners might not. Not all of them got uh, colonial American history. Uh, if you if you go back far enough, a lot of it was just like, they don't know what happened to everybody that was there. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> they do know. But, uh, my, my, I mean, we could also name our bacon... If we were, if you're on the West Coast, just name your bacon Donner Party ba- value bacon. Asterix. Irregular slice. <laughs> um, so I, I got the the irregular slices demon uh, haunted my bacon as well, and I did not have heads up. I just bought a regular pack of bacon amongst the other regular packs, and from the outside, it looked completely normal. Uh, and when I opened it up, Jason, Jason, first, yeah. did you lift lift flap to view representative slice? Well, it's one of those like it doesn't have the cardboard case. It just has the plastic, so you can already see a representative slice. Oh, you don't okay. have to lift right. anything. There's no. Thankfully, this is a flap-free plastic case. You can't open it up to the world and check your bacon out, and then you know ruin it, and then be like, "I don't want this one." Um, Unlike Jamestown but, uh, brand, right? Jamestown ba- brand bacon. Obviously, they've got other problems, and they are not invested in your safety as a consumer. But um, they want you to that, lift the flap to view a representative slice. They are. Of, they are people. People. I'm going to say I'm going to take They're eating that. people, people. They aren't any less concerned with your safety as a consumer as the other <laughs> large companies are. Um, and they might end up grinding you into food and, and you know, serving your meat to the public um, for their profits. But in this case, 
haven't gotten to that point yet. Uh, I've evaded being uh, turned into uh, a, a breakfast food so far. Um, it's 2020. Let's call that a win. So, so I go to peel the first slice to 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 fry it up for, for a normal breakfast. And the first slice of bacon kind of like halfway through just kind of comes off. And it's this sort of weird bedraggled uh, slice that it just sort of pulled apart. And I was like, oh, they slice it too thin. That's okay, though. The next slice will surely just have the extra bacon on it, and I can sort that out uh, in a moment. And I did that, and it it did the same thing, but they, it wasn't like they matched up at all. Like, the where they fell apart was a different spot. So I'm starting to, like, look down the thing, and the slices along the side where you would think this is where I have to put my thumb to pick this up and pull it away from the rest of them, they all looked normal. It just something was going wrong in the middle, and each piece was just peeling off in a weird, non-slice, non-uniform fashion to such an extent that I was getting, like, little bacon bits basically ranging from, like, one inch long to, like, half the slice, but nothing more than that. So now I have a, so a bag that's just a piled pile of bacon bits uh, that I haven't cooked yet. So, Jason, you do have irregular slices value bacon. I but I, sounds it like there was no value there. Yeah, no, this was a normal priced. This was the irregular slice. Oh no, uh, bourgeois Full price bacon. bacon. <laughs> uh, this was the bougie bacon. Uh, it wasn't actually just a normal bacon, but uh, they gave me the value. The values uh, asterisk uh, treatment. I think what you have to do is just take a take your cleaver to it and just chop it up into actual bits and then yeah, eventually fry it up it and used but well, I, at well, the time i was very frustrated and just threw it into a bag and i was like i don't yes. want to, to deal with this anymore but why that was the correct response to use that that, that bacon after that it was it was from a food safety perspective fine it was just not in the survey the, the fashion that i expected it to come up in when i'm like groggy uh first thing in the morning is a, a slice of bacon and once it becomes like there's bacon everywhere it's on my hands it's too frustrating. I couldn't deal with it anymore. <laughs> At least it wasn't people. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United, and Bad Bacon Podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined as always by Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson. We're all from Black and Red United, where we talk more about soccer and less about bad bacon. Uh, tonight, we are talking DC United. We're going to run down the another eventful week of news in this first segment and the second segment, we will bring our friend Nate Scott on to help us break down DC United's roster and uh, talk about a little project Nate's got going on. Before we do any of that, though, I want to ask our usual question and also a secondary question. So, Jason, mm-hmm. what are you drinking and why are you wearing green tonight? Uh, what am I drinking? Uh, I am drinking... Um Union Craft Brewing from Baltimore. I'm drinking their Black Wing Lager. Um, my friend invited several people to watch the Ravens playoff game at his house. Uh, there was no no one wanted to confirm the details on how much beer there would be, so everyone independently attending all stopped and bought a six pack. And so there were way too Excellent. many beers for the number of people there. Um, and so the beer that I thought would be consumed by my friends came home with me for the most part. So now I've got Black Wing Lager. Why am I wearing a green shirt? Uh, it was the clean t-shirt on the top of the stack of clean t-shirts in my dresser drawer when I came home and changed into this shirt instead of a different shirt. Ben, what are you drinking and why are you wearing green? Uh, I am drinking uh, ginger ale tonight. I am, again, recovering from being sick. I feel like I've been sick for a billion years at this point. 
Uh, and so I'm just drinking ginger ale to hopefully get less sick. I'm sorry for the sonic noises that are coming from my head space to your ear space. Hopefully it's not as terrible as it sounds to me. Um, I'm wearing green because green is my favorite color and I own an approximate, I would guess approximately 33% of my total t-shirt wardrobe is green. And that's definitely a plurality of all of my t-shirts. So the college that I went to, our our color is green. So I just have a lot of green. It's my favorite color, and green is good. Can I ask what kind of ginger ale? Oh, this is important. Uh, We've established this. <laughs> we have, unfortunately, like Canada. It's, it's Canada Dry. Canada Dry is okay. It's it's, it's available everywhere. Yeah. Seagram's is terrible, as we've as we have established. Yeah, there's a hierarchy. Um, yeah. If Verner's you can find. Would- Verner's yeah. would be better, but uh, Verner's is h- much harder to find. Interesting. I I can find Verner's everywhere up here, but I'm of the understanding that that's not very common in most of the rest of the region. It's especially like, like, I could find it of Verner's here. If I went to Kroger, I could, well, I would be able to find Verner's because okay. Kroger and Verner's are both Midwestern. But when I go out to buy some pop uh, randomly, I I don't go to Kroger. I go to right. someplace closer. Okay. So. Canada Dry, it's okay. It's better than Seagram's. <laughs> that's, that's their commercial, actually. It's exactly. Slogan. Yeah. I remember that from the '80s. Canada Dry, eh, it's okay. Right. Yeah. Adam, uh, what are you drinking, and why are you wearing green? I am uh, taking it back to the old days of filibuster and drinking a Manhattan. Uh, got some Whistle Pig piggyback rye, um, some some bourbon barrel bitters. Um, and some Capitoline Rose for Rose Vermouth, and it's very good. There's a cherry in there. It's tasty. And I am wearing green because uh, this is the shirt that I was wearing tonight. I went upstairs to change clothes. It is a like long sleeve, light half zip or quarter zip sweater, like for running and stuff. But it's just really comfortable to wear around the house. Ben, you look. Uh, I look great. Yes, I know. I mean, my wife does this too, so I've just come to accept it. But polyester does not a sweater make. A sweater, I feel like, is like cable knit or something like that. This is not what I was expecting uh, to be the issue. <laughs> Very specific sweater objections. <laughs> you, you. So this my wife is a, calls a, this sweat, is a, a sweatshirt a sweater, and a sweatshirt is this, also not a sweater, but neither is a polyester pullover okay, a sweater. I, I got to agree. What, sweatshirt what, is a sweatshirt. Right, yes. I, I I wish we had the clout to pull Chris Evans in, uh, because I'm sure he would have the definitive take on this. Um, it's not really a sweatshirt, because it's not thick cotton. No, it's not like, a sweatshirt. It's a pullover. I'm not using the word pullover in natural speech to describe something I'm wearing. I, it's I, not I a live, jumper, no. I, I live on this side of the Atlantic, so I'm not calling it a jumper. <laughs> um, and I'm not calling them trainers when I put shoes on my feet. Um, it's so kind of close just, to a windbreaker. It's not really a windbreaker. It's not a windbreaker. It's, it's not the right material, and it's not a jacket. It's a Adam, Adam you, you may want to answer this off air and not on the podcast, but are you wearing anything under that? I... 
I'm wearing pants. If that's your question, <laughs> no, it wasn't. I do question. not have a t-shirt on. I okay. I am wearing this. It is that is your shirt. It is a wicking material. It's a quarter zip. Okay. It that's also, that's what they would sell it as. It's a bike shirt. It's a running shirt or a running shirt ish. It's, it's not a sweater. It's, an athlete, you guys, it's athletic apparel. It's athleisure you, right Evans, now. There you go, athleisure. Yes. Uh, the Chris Evans story I've heard is uh, a friend of mine was at a party, but right before he got famous and the story goes that Chris Evans was there and he had just started getting movie roles and he strongly insisted that at the party, they changed the music to Creed. Oh no, oh, no. That's it. I mean, that That's was my first concert ever. Uh, so I don't have much room to talk, but, but well, or you have a regret though. Uh, I, yeah, I have a regret. Really, I have not your like, reaction was other. Like, I, yeah. I've not forced other people to listen to Creed since then. No, that that's the story. He apparently showed up and put and insisted that Creed was put on for everybody. Uh, I'm going um, to hope this was done trollingly. Uh, unclear. I, I, I mean, I, the guy's an actor as well. Like, if he decided to troll just to see if he could pull it off, uh, he could pull it off, I guess. He's a professional right. in this field. I do. Uh, a friend of a friend went to high school with him and was in, or maybe not went to high school, but was in stage productions around that time. We all have a Chris Evans him. story. <laughs> and may have been his first kiss. Um, okay. He was a very handsome, awkward teenager, Is was my understanding. Uh, th- total theater kid. And then also, Jason, you'll appreciate this. Uh, he was drunk at the Globe- Golden Globes a couple weeks ago because you go to the Everyone, Golden Globes right? to get drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and he is basically Charlie Day when he's drunk. Nice. Um, I can, and there's I can video. Kind of see that. I can kind of there's video that. this effect. It's wonderful. So th- that is my that that is why I hope that it's uh his his creed thing was just an elaborate, not so elaborate joke. Look, this was long enough ago where you know they all learned a lot. Temporarily gotten really into creed, and then maybe he was like, oh, I don't know about this anymore. Hey, hey, Adam, do you think he embraced the goof with arms wide open? Let's talk about soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to go with that one, Ben. Uh, like I said at the top, a busy week for DC United, uh, even if it wasn't quite uh, at last Monday's frantic level of activity. Um, one of the pieces of news we learned last week, Edison Flores, uh, Peruvian international from Monarcas in Mexico. He is all but officially a part of DC United. And we know this because he took a picture in a Peruvian chicken restaurant in Arlington while wearing a DC United shirt. That's all the confirmation we need. Also, there's reporting that he's signed and it's a $5 million fee and a three-year contract around $2 million a year with two club held option years. But really it's the picture in the Pollo de la Brasa or sorry, Pollo a la Brasa uh, that, that confirms it. Any disagreement about that? I mean, if you're showing up uh, in the city that you're alleged to be signing in, wearing the team's jersey uh, that you are alleged to be signing with, you're probably already going to, it's probably pretty much at that point. That's like, to me, that's more of a confirmation than the official like guy who holds a jersey up at the stadium photo, <laughs> because like he was at the stadium and then he went out into the world and was like, uh, let's, let's go check out where I'm going to be eating uh, from time to time. Uh, where, where can I go? Yeah. Um, where can I go take a picture with the owner of the restaurant right, right. <laughs> and uh, blow up the, the local soccer and Twitter right. while I'm at so, it? Yeah, that's a, 
about as much of a confirmation short of the it is official we have signed all of the relevant paperwork and everything is completed uh that's about as good as it's going to get so um it's it's an extremely big deal i mean we're talking about breaking the team's record transfer fee by like again yeah by, by like combining the current record with like the number three on the chart uh together into one so it's it's huge he's a pretty special player. Everyone I know that, um, as we said, you know, that follows the Mexican league that watched Morelia a lot in this past year, um, is like telling me that like, this is going to be awesome. They're, they're excited to see him play for DC United. And these are not DC United fans, which that says something right there. Yeah, that's Um, awesome. And that's, that's a reason you do this too. Like not just for the, the on-field, effect but you know Wayne Rooney's not on the team anymore Lucho Acosta's not on the team anymore I really should tell my five-year-old about that before the season starts still haven't done it um but you gotta get people in to watch the games and the games have to be fun you have to have a chance and having a player that excites a significant portion of the soccer loving DMV who are not necessarily DC United fans that's a that's a big deal getting new people in to watch at Audi Field, that's seems to be where this signing is is potentially going, at least early on, and that's a good sign. So uh, let's hope he he succeeds as wildly as as we think he could. Um, yeah, and I hope their uh, upcoming TV deal also allows new fans to uh, come into the DC United fold. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about that uh, on a future week, maybe once they they announce it. If you want to uh, see some musings on the the potential. TV deal. Uh, you can check out the athletic. Pablo Mauer wrote about it, and also Ben wrote about it on Black and Red. <laughs> I, uh, I just ben, wanted to break on this podcast and just spoke. Uh, <laughs> Call recording off. <laughs> uh, another signing. This one officially announced was Eric Sorga, uh, Estonian striker, young guy, uh, has spent his career in the Estonian league, which you will be forgiven for not knowing anything about because it is among the lowest rated leagues in Europe by whatever their FIFA coefficient is. I think it's, but I think it's 50, 50th. Um, out of like 52? I think it's 50 or 55. Okay. Um, but yeah, Very slightly it, it's, better. it's down there. <laughs> um, yeah, but he is a, a young guy who has scored goals in bunches uh, from from his highlights looks like a, a poacher who's in the right place at the right time, also has a pretty strong shot on him. Um, but he would be the second Estonian in Major League Soccer after Eric Limpair, who played for the Metros for a good long while. Or, sorry, Joel Limpair. Not all Estonians are named Eric, as it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's he's initially anyway under contract with Loudoun United. I think that's for a couple reasons. One of them is the outstanding uh, collective bargaining agreement. Nobody knows what uh, the the budget rules, what the roster rules are going to look like for 2020, despite preseason starting in less than one week. Uh, so nobody knows what that's going to be. Uh, but he so signing him with USL, where you know what the rules are, makes sense. Also, he might play with uh, Loudon for a little while, get his feet under him and in a new continent and in a new league and get things figured out. And then potentially, if he does well, if he tears it up, move up to DC United. Hopefully that happens very, very quickly. 
I mean, yeah, I think it's going to happen pretty quickly. They paid a transfer fee for him that's rumored to be in the uh, mid-six figures. So I don't think he's going to stay at Loudon very long. Um, I think it's a like it's a good flyer to take. He's from an unproven league, but he scored forty like 41 goals in 71 games over a couple of seasons. So that is a – that's more than – uh, one goal every other game. That's a really good uh, uh, goal scoring tally. So why not take a flyer on him? Uh, yeah, I think it's 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 a good try. He's on the Estonian national team. They're they're a UEFA national team. Uh, yeah, g- give it a, <laughs> they exist. Give it a kick in. Yeah, they're they're in there. Um, but yeah, give it a kick of the tires. He's scoring a lot of goals. And just having the confidence to score a lot of goals is something. That's that's not anything to sneeze at, no matter what the league. So I'm good with this. I hope he gets time. I mean, DC United obviously needs, as the roster is constructed right now, and as we'll get into later in the episode, they they need a sec a forward behind Ola Kamara. So uh, I think we'll see him getting a lot of time with DC United. And um. You know, the the rumors, I think Sorga himself has even said that, um, you know, this isn't just DC is the only team that was interested. Um, the rumors were that Feyenoord in the Netherlands, um, I've seen uh, AIK from Sweden, Braga from Portugal, like, you know, some teams that are real clubs. Right. And also teams that are looking kind of for the same thing that DC would be looking for, which is you find a player who's good enough at the age. I mean, he's only just turned 20, I think a little while ago, um, get someone that's at that age that has had, um, genuine success already. This isn't like he looked good enough in the Estonian league that he might become a goal scorer. It's that he tore up the Estonian league at, as a teenager. Um, so that's a good sign that he's ready for a big, not a small step above that, but a bigger step. Um, and those clubs aren't, you know, wasting their time saying, Oh, well, we'll see what happens. You know, they they've got a reason to think that he's, uh, up to, up to snuff. And that's exactly why DC would be interested as well. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's hard to judge as always with these sizzle reels. Um, it's hard to judge how good the other league is or how bad the other league is. Um, I have seen some takes trying to, um, conclusively describe the Estonian league based on, you know, 15 second goal clips uh, that were designed entirely to highlight uh, the offensive player and not the entire league. So, um, you know, we could make MLS look worse than your Sunday league uh, with a little video editing if we wanted to. Um, so and I mean, don't think- go ahead. Oh, I, I will just say in their uh, Euro qualifying, they finished last in their group behind Germany. Okay. Netherlands. Sure. Northern Ireland. Yeah, they're all right. And Belarus, and they did not win a single game and managed one draw. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough That's what Sorga um, playing some of those games. Yeah, um, now you know Sorga might be far and away their best player at this point in time. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. So it's it's hard for us to judge. And he's um, twenty. Yeah, um, he so was born in nineteen ninety nine. So feel old, all of us on this podcast, and probably some of you listening. Most of them, yeah, I would assume most of you. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it turns out. Um, I assume that he that they're not going to enter this season. I assume slash hope 
um, that they're not going to enter the season with only one other actual forward and then hope for the best as far as uh, what might happen other than that. Because last year we saw that that was not a viable roster building strategy. Um, so it wouldn't shock me. You know, DC was connected with uh, Gelman Rivas uh, a little while ago. That's a striker that was out of contract or still is as far as I know. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if it's Sorga and also another striker of some kind. So, you know, let's not, let's not assume that this is just like, well, if Ola Kamara gets hurt, DC is putting all their faith in a guy that they are taking a flyer on. Um, you know, Ben was right. Yeah. That, that's what it is. Yeah, it's also a long-term play, potentially. Yeah. You know, he's he's European. He can, he can go back to Europe. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about getting a European passport or anything. Um, potentially, he does well here, and a club in Europe comes calling. Who knows? Um, again, that's speculative down the road. Whatever. Uh, super draft. We talked to uh, Travis Clark last week about the increasingly less super draft uh, that this year for the first time was conducted via phone call um, and produced for, I guess, broadcast online by MLS and ESPN in one of the weirdest telecasts I I can remember uh, seeing um, some, some gimmicks, especially early on that didn't quite work. And, um, some, uh, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, actually let's, let's get into that now. Um, the, the two new expansion teams enter Miami and Nashville SC were, um, were the first two picks and Miami decided or, or the producers or David Beckham decided that they wanted to, uh, cut into a Skype call that David Beckham was had made to the first draft pick who something uh, Robinson fair, David Beckham did not make that call on Skype. Someone no. else did that. Yes. He, he, the camera was <laughs> pointed at him and they said, talk into this. And he said, okay. I mean, it, it was wild because the, Robinson, the draft pick um, whose first name is eluding me at the moment, Robbie, uh, Oh, hey, easy yeah. enough. Should have guessed. Uh, Robbie Robbie Robinson has uh, his. He projected a personality about as interesting as his name. Um, he, he David Beckham was throwing platitudes at him, and he was barely keeping up uh, in his responses, and was not helped by the fact that the there was a lot of buffering, and yeah. um, I, I guess. Uh, Pablo Maurer put it something like David Beckham's voice echoing in on itself into one of the circles of hell, um, which made for an interesting broadcast for a few seconds anyway. Well, it was interesting in that it was a farce. Um, a, a malfunctioning yes. Skype call is not actually interesting, generally speaking. No. Um, even the participants badly want to be off of it as soon as possible when that happens. Um yeah, I was surprised to see Beckham involved because I was surprised to see him having anything to do with Miami other than like showing up on their first home game and like waving to the crowd and then departing in a helicopter uh, before the game is actually over um, is what I expect him to do. Um, hopefully he doesn't scissor tackle anybody on his way out the door, which is what he does when he is around MLS soccer. Um But yeah, uh, that was rough. Uh, and then we rolled right into... Uh, 
a well-intentioned, if also bizarre, Nashville uh, SC scheme? Yeah. So uh, they piled supporters into a bus at like four in the morning in Nashville and drove to the suburbs of St. Louis, um, guessing they knew who their pick was going to be, which meant they knew who Miami's was going to be, which means this isn't all on the up and up. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, they made their choice and then walked out of the the bus, knocked on the door, um, and the player comes out and he's surrounded by his whole family who just happened to be there um, in this suburban McMansion type home. And they happened not to see the bus that had pulled up directly in front of their house. Um, but there was a lot of suspension of disbelief required for, I mean, for this whole thing. And as, especially when the name appeared on MLS's draft draft tracker on their website before yes. this bit aired. Yeah. Um, that, that made it especially fun. <laughs> uh, it would have been insane. Uh, if, the team had, if Nashville had opted to make a last second change, or maybe someone came in with some wild over the top trade offer and they ended up trading the pick away and just had to like cart their bus uh, away from there to back to the, I mean, I can't remember where um, that player was from, but I mean, like cart their fans in, in a bus back to the airport and be like, well, sorry guys. Uh, I don't <laughs> think they went to the Wait. airport. I think they took a bus from Nashville four and a half hours to the St. Louis suburbs. That We're morning. getting word that Peter Vermees has traded for yeah. the second pick in the MLS super draft. Just see, see the Nashville fans like, like sort of milling around the front yard and then realizing what's happened and being like shepherded back on the bus. Um, the bus literally Peter, backs up the entire way. And just Peter Vermees <laughs> drives backwards. Out. Right. Peter Vermees just, walks out and just like by the house. Salts, salts the earth. Just to say he only made the trade because he didn't like what was going on here with the fans right. coming off of the bus. Yeah, um, I was like, ah, this is too close to Kansas City for my liking. Too much. This is in our, this is in our homegrown region. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe it's St. Louis's owners come out and say, no, he's ours. Or NYCFC's new coach comes out, rips off his shirt, and starts doing push-ups on the ground, which he's done. Um, <laughs> or Ben Olsen <laughs> just paints a lovely picture. Yes, that I I don't know why he would do that in that moment, but yeah, that that'd be a fun flex because he's talented, as you've told us. It's it's true, the man can paint. Um, as far as DC United's super draft goes, they uh, they had two picks during the or one pick during the aired portion in the first round, another pick during the possibly could have been aired but wasn't second round, and then one. Uh, it's Monday as we record this and one today during the third round, two of those picks goalkeepers uh, in the first round, they selected temple goalkeeper, Simon Lafab, who's from France. If you couldn't tell from tall. his name, um, he, uh, I think was second team all conference this year for temple. Uh, very, very tall. I think Extremely roughly tall nine feet tall is what I, what I remember. Um, no, six foot nine, uh, supposed well, to be very, very feet compared to yeah. most of us. It, yeah, it might as well be. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, as far as I remember, Adam's like five foot three or something. I am so. seriously taller than both of you. <laughs> I am much closer as far to as I remember. height than either of you. Anyway, <laughs> Simon also allegedly or reportedly very good with his feet, um, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, very, very big 
and very good with his feet. Uh, second round, they selected a local guy from Columbia, Maryland, and uh, Loyola, Maryland, forward named Josh Fawole, who is, uh, I think, maybe best known to the extent he's he's known by casual sports fans uh, for getting on the top 10 on SportsCenter that one time uh, with a pretty crazy finish uh, in a game. Third round, they selected Michigan goalkeeper Andrew Verdi. Um, I know nothing about him other than he's the goalkeeper for Michigan. Full disclosure there. And then they passed on their last two. And I think pass may have been the most popular last three. Yes. Um, That's right. They had a second pick in the third round and then two in the fourth. Um, The draft has gotten very long. There are now twice as many teams in the same as number, the same number of rounds as there were a few years ago. So the same number um, of players coming into the draft. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're getting a lot deeper. And so teams are just saying, no, uh, our, our second division teams are fully staffed. Now they're, they're stocked. We don't need to draft anybody else. Um, so that's United's draft. I don't think any of these three players are likely to see time with the first team this year. Uh, the two goalkeepers presumably will be competing for a contract with Loudon. If they both got a contract, that would be a mild surprise. Um, at the least, but, those are, are the the not so super draft uh, players that DC United got. You guys have any thoughts? Uh, I, I mean, uh, Lefebvre apparently uh, the the book on him is that he's excellent with his feet. Um, uh, Matt Ralph from uh, the Brotherly Game, who pays really close attention to um, the Philly region's youth soccer scene, um, Lefebvre went to Temple, so that would fall in that. Um, he let me know that that that's definitely the case that he's a really good goalkeeper as far as passing goes. Um, uh, Dave Casper, I think told uh, Steve Goff in the post that um, they, they think he's got a chance to develop um, and that they see Loudon as the first step in that path. So yeah, I guess he spent time training with DC United. Yeah. Yeah. They've had him in. So they've had a look at him. They, they know who he is as a person. Um, he's not just a guy they saw, um, you know, that Stuart Maris was watching and um, looking at data on they've, they've had him in, they've, they've had the in-person, so to speak, what used to be the main function of the combine was the player interview. Um, So they've, they've had their chance to sort of wrap their heads around that. Um, Fawole, he's six foot one, 175. Um, He's, you know, physically he's obviously pretty strong and he's got like, um, I don't think he's quite a Quincy Ameriqua situation where his uh, acrobatic goal scoring is the, is like bizarre um, because that is uh, I, I think Rooney Wayne Rooney summed it up best uh, in describing a goal Ameriqua scored as uh, against um, which friendly was that the, the, uh, the third friendly from last year, they're all kind of blending in together. Um, the friendly that Rooney participated in Um but uh, Ameriqua scored a uh, a wild lunging, flying through the air kind of goal, and Rooney was like, "Yeah, it's a typical Quincy goal." Um, <laughs> and and there's a there's a touch of that in um, Fowole's game as well. Um, and and again, it's you know he's probably looking for a Loudon contract. That's the idea um, for the start of preseason. I assume that these guys, some of them, I mean, now that they've got a billion goalkeepers, all of a sudden. Um, it might be tough for them to have everybody in training at every time, but well, I think um, the word, the word that came down was that, and, and we don't have a schedule yet for, for preseason 
uh, where games will be, when they games will be, who they will be against. Uh, the preseason one thing that, that starts this week, you mean? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, one thing that has been reported is that Loudon and DC United will probably start the preseason together before going their separate ways and narrowing things down. So, you know, the early, very early stuff, beep test type stuff will be Loudon and DC United together reportedly. So you can see them. You'll see Loudon players stepping in, at least for the first preseason game or two. Oh, for sure. I, I will say you'll see them if they are streamed, which maybe, maybe not. Um, it's, you, you may read about them. <laughs> If you're lucky, uh, because, you know, as Adam just said, we're a week out from preseason and we don't know the first thing about what's going to go on during preseason. Um, but, you know, that's that's life covering MLS. Um, but, yeah, uh, we might get a look and see where these guys are before um, before we get too far into the preseason. So there is that. I mean, if. um you know, we've got a situation where Eric Sorga, I believe it'll be a couple weeks before his uh, work permit and visa stuff is 100% cleared. Um, same for uh, Flores. Right. So so there's a in the early, early part of the preseason, there's a there is a situation where if you don't have everybody signed and allowed to actually train with you uh, from a legal perspective, then you got to find some guys that can. This is why we've seen. Uh, DC Academy players show up and then we have to refer to them as like Academy player number 40 or what have you. Um, those guys, in, I mean, they're there because they're having a look at them, but they're also there because you need to have enough players so that you aren't uh, tiring out some other guys by making them play 75 minutes in the first preseason game. Hey, speaking of Academy players, DC United made a couple of homegrown signings out of their Academy uh, since we last recorded. Uh, they both have time with the U- U.S. youth national teams. One of them is uh, Theodore Ku DiPietro. I'm going to make the name Teddy KDP stick. You will hear me say that anytime he does anything. It's going to happen, guys. Teddy KDP. Um, he uh, has, like I said, spent time with the the youth national teams. He's 17. Uh, both of these guys are attacking players. The other one is Kevin Paredes, 16 year old. Um, also a, a attacking player. He spends most of his time on the wing. He is not officially signed. It hasn't been announced, but Charlie Bohm reported that it's happening. And uh, Charlie's a pretty trustworthy guy in my experience. So I'm running with it. Um, they will and, both. And could Petro is signed with Loudon, not with DC United, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, it, yeah. it right. He, it's if, yeah. He signed with Loudon, but he's he, he part of a Loudon. He signed a Loudon contract, though. It's not an academy. Okay. Right. It's, it's it's not like Moses right. Nyman, who was signed to a DC United yeah. homegrown. Okay. Contract. Unfortunately, we have to differ between all of these things because that is the league or leagues that we're talking about. Right. right. But he can. It's it remains a homegrown contract. He can easily be brought into the first team, whether on loan. Or on sure, sure, but he's he, not he's not he taking crazy, up one of DC United's right. roster spots. Right. This damn league. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, uh I don't know which team Kevin Paredes will technically be signing with, but reports well, are that he's in. Yeah, if he if he signs a homegrown deal, he'll be a DC player as far as that goes, who will probably then spend all of his time with Loudon. Um 
if it's a homegrown deal because those don't exist for for USL. That's a, so Coup Di Pietro is not on a homegrown deal. He's on right. He's just he's a just, USL. He's just contract. allowed. Yeah, he's just allowed yes. United player. Interesting. Um, whereas Paredes, the 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 reporting from from Charlie Boehm is that this would be a DC homegrown contract, um, and then he would be you would assume a regular starter um, or a regular, you know, player on that. I mean, they've got a lot of wingers. They don't have much else right now because Loudon kind of cleared the decks. They only brought back eight guys from last year's team. Um, and a few of those are Academy players uh, themselves. So um, it, it, we're probably going to get a, a bunch of late in the spring Loudon signing announcements all at once because that's, I mean, the that's way, USL, that's yeah, just USL. Or especially for the USL affiliate teams um, because those teams are vying with all the other USL teams who are often operating on one year contracts. So they are oftentimes fielding a lot of new players. Um, you know, Paredes, pretty good player. Um, uh, I think a lot of the stuff I've read online says he can only play on the right, but that's not accurate. He can play right or left. Um, he's comfortable with both feet. Um, whether he's cutting in uh, or going out and, and setting people up with a cross, um, he's one of those who's not, he's not the kind of guy where, you know, Griffin Yao, for example, loves to dribble and cut inside and set himself up to go to goal. Um, Paredes is a little more of a more balanced player. He's maybe less, he's not going to be on as many highlight reels because Yao is going to choose that um, individual style of play, whereas Paredes is looking maybe to combine a little more um, and sort of can adjust his game to what is needed around him, whereas, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing because on one hand he might need a little more Yao in his style of play, whereas Yao could use a little more Paredes in his style of play. Um, but that's young players. That's how it goes. Um, I don't know if he's been as highly touted as, as Yao at this point in his youth career, but they're both good players. These are both youth national team players. Um, Kudi Pietro hasn't quite hit that level, but um, a lot of our listeners might remember last year, he scored an absolutely preposterous goal for a, uh, DC in, um, I want to say it was just a, uh, which I can't remember which major youth tournament it was. It was some youth tournament in Florida. Yeah, that, that's what I um, remember. MLS had some people actually down there calling the games and things like that. And um, he scored an audacious goal. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's got that, that level of flair. Um, for him, I think the object is maybe putting together a little more consistency. But again, we're talking about teenage players here and, and consistency in professional soccer um, at the USL level. That's, you know, if, if that's the challenge, that's pretty good. You don't want the guys who are consistent, who just aren't quite good enough. Um, these are the guys who are good enough, who just need to develop it more consistently. So um, the the wings for Loudon are already pretty crowded. Um, it's some of the other spots on the field, the defense, um, the central midfield, not in goal. They've also got more than enough goalkeepers at this point. Now that there are two draft picks vying for contracts. Um, but yeah, it, it should be interesting. You know, Ryan Martin is going to give those players more than, more than their fair share of, uh, chances to prove themselves and grow as players and, you know, give them a real shot at, at, you know, maybe not in 2020, but in 2021, 2022, um, pursuing first team minutes. I have two conflicting theories about why Dave Casper took so many goalkeepers. Okay. Can we talk about it in the next segment? Because we're going to go through the roster in the next segment. And we are 
very long. You can say no and just shout me down. That's fine. But we have fine. two more things to get to, and then we can go into the next segment. I promise okay. I'll let you talk about it. Okay. I mean, okay. we started talking about the goalkeepers, so, but whatever. <laughs> um, two more things to get to before we take a break. Uh, green cards, DC United now finds himself with two additional international slots because Junior Moreno and Ulysses Segura have both received their green cards. Hooray! Roster flexibility! Um, so, and, and also congrats to Junior and Uli to the extent that they, they wanted to have green cards. Um, they, they now have them. So that's good, especially because DC United has been linked with another international player, Gaston Silva, uh, who is a Uruguayan international currently playing for Independiente in Argentina. He's a left-footed defender, can play on the outside or at center back. Um, I mean, he, he's a full international with Uruguay. That tells you his quality pretty much right there. He was he was on the World Cup roster, I believe, even if he didn't get much time. Um, but, you know, uh, definitely a high-level defender. I haven't seen much tape of him, but uh, reports online are that Monterey are after him as well. Um, and Peñarol in his native... Uh, Uruguay also potentially after him. And I think Diego Forlan might be managing Peñarol right now. There, there was a mention of a French club as well floating around out there. So, um, And he's got an Italian passport. He's a dual national. Yes. Uh, so he could very easily go to Europe. He's, he's a player that seems to be in some demand at the moment. So it would, uh, it would, it would take a, a bit of a coup for DC United to land him. But that's the, I mean, I, I can still take it as a good sign that these are the waters that that DC United is splashing around in um, competing for for this kind of player. So hopefully it's not just DC United's name is thrown out there as a, you know, bargaining chip or leverage to to help him land a deal where he actually wants to go. Hopefully it's something real and that he's considering and um, because DC United's central defense, as we'll get into in the next segment, not that deep right now. Um, I mean, not, not that deep, but, you know, not short on top line quality. Um, it is a little bit of a surprise, um, to have the team possibly dedicating. I assume that they would be going after Silva at like a TAM level rather than as a designated player level. So that's a lot of, I feel like he's, he would be one that would be tough to get under that line. So that's necessarily going to be a lot of TAM if they were to make that work. Um, it's a, It would be a little confusing to me to dedicate that much TAM to a player that plays positions that DC does have good starting players at. Um, Joseph Mora doesn't need really need replacing. No. Um, if Fred Briant uh, shows, you know, age, which we've discussed at length here, um, Donovan Pines is right there. Um, so it's a little bit of an odd one to me. Um, on the other hand, we are talking about a very good player. Um, I, I have a lot of confidence that he'd be able to do the job in MLS at both of those positions. Um, and maybe that's something that DC is is learning from a couple off seasons past where they said, you know, hey, we're good enough at, at this position, so let's not even think about it. Um, and then, you know, something goes wrong. Maybe a flying Orlando City player uh, smashes into someone's face 
And then all of a sudden you find out, oh, we only had the one guy. Now it's a problem. Um, it still seems what is this- pricey, though. One of the things DC United seems to be looking for, too, is positional flexibility. So Edison Flores can play in the middle or out wide. Uh, Brian Lozano reported target. Seemingly unlikely at this point, but he can play anywhere across the the, the attacking midfield. Uh, and, and Gaston Silva also can play inside or outside. Gives you options and flexibility uh, at a high level, which is which is good. It's like better Ulysses Segura, um, which is not a bad thing to have. But I'm sure we'll get into that more in the next segment. Anything else for this one before we bring on Nate Scott? All right. In that case, we will call it a segment and be right back. Stick around. It's filibuster. <laughs> 